You ain't the only one, brother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. One second here. And so we are on page six. We're on item number six. And that's God's time. So the blanks are God's time. So that's verse 126. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. And um, I just have some thoughts about that, that when men, when men cast law, God's laws behind their back, they will find chaos and destruction. And our country is seeing that firsthand. Now, there's so many ways in across our across the board, across the country that people are forsaking the Lord. They're forsaking God's ways. And for anyone who doesn't, they are often ridiculed or said it not. Um, but when men do that, they are inviting chaos, destruction, problems. And seriously, you know, um, at the core of every problem is a spiritual problem. Uh, that, that's something we all have to keep in mind. And uh, and even in our own lives, you know, it's not just in, in the country around us, but even in our own lives, we need to be quick to run to God about everything. And that's what God says in his word. Cast all of your cares upon me, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And so uh, when men cast when men cast God's laws behind their back, they will find chaos and destruction. I have this verse in Proverbs 29, verse uh, 18, familiar verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Proverbs is is always or often a contrast between this way and this way. And uh, so, again, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. But where uh, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so the law, of course, it's not just do's and don'ts. A lot of people simplify it to that, but that's not the case. The law or God's word. And that's what Psalm 119 is all about is God's law, God's commandments, God's. Uh, God's uh, statutes and judgments, it's leadership. And, our, and, and the way for us to find our way through this life and the minefield that it is, is to follow God's leadership. <laughs> and so uh, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And, uh, and that is very true. And the Bible says so many different ways around this. It says, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Again, it's something that is elusive to so many people. That, that, you know, when you are trying to chase down happiness by people, places or things, <laughs> you will not find it. Not not lasting happiness, not contentment, not peace. These are these are things that people are, are so anxious to have, literally, that they are often medicated because they have anxiety. They, and listen, I, I have anxiety these days. <laughs> I've been try, you know, I have to try not to think about these things. But the point is, is the answer is always to bring them to God. And God is able to enable us to have peace, enable us to have, it doesn't matter what the, what the challenge is, it doesn't matter what the storm is. You know, and, and we mentioned this last week that, listen, there are times, and, and maybe we can even say oftentimes, God is actually bringing things into our lives. Challenges, trials, burdens, Sins that we're struggling with, God's giving us ways in which to to uh, to bring them to Him. But listen, God is always the answer, no matter what the situation is. And the sooner we learn that, the more content we will be, the happier we will be. And so, when we avoid, when we avoid God's ways, God's leadership, His laws, we're going to find nothing but trouble. 
chaos and destruction. So God's law is protection from evil. That was my second point underneath that. God's law is protection from evil. And so when you do not have God's law, when you do not have his word, his guidance, then you have no protection from evil. And listen, America is overtaken with so many evil things, not just in the terms of what's sin, but what's bad. America is is overrun with so many things. And that's not to say it can't get worse, because obviously it can. I remember thinking 10 years ago, it, it, there's no way it could get worse than this. <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> I can't tell you how wrong I was. <laughs> Yes, yes, sister, I've often thought, man, if I could only go back and, you know, anyway, so God, God is the answer. And really going back is not the answer it's going. Not. What's that? It's not. It's not. And, and, and really, as Christians, what better the better the looking back is looking forward. God is going to fix this mess. Not the way people think, <laughs> not the not with a political Leader, you know, not if all the Republicans get get the House and the Senate and the, and the, and the White House. That's not how things get fixed. You know how I know they've had it before. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. I am not going there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so letter A in your notes is truly man does not want to come to the place where there is no time left. But for God's judgment. So back in verse 126 again, it is time for the Lord to work for they have made void thy law. And and so I I guess my my thought when I see this verse is you see it's time for the Lord to work. And it's because they have made void thy law. What is the consequence of making God's law void? Well, in this passage, it seems to be pointing to God working. God's not going to be bringing blessings when people are are stonewalling and running away from God. And, and so let, let's look at this in Revelation chapter 10 in verse 5. Revelation chapter 10, verse 5. So, um, Revelation chapter 10, verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that, that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Now, I am not an expert in revelation, but I can tell you what this sounds like to me. <laughs> Okay, Uh, Revelation chapter uh, 10, verse five. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are and and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. And then what I was getting at is I cannot tell you definitively all that this verse means. All I can tell you is what it seems to be hinting at, at the very least, is stuff's going to come to an end. There is a time and it's coming, I believe, very shortly in which God says, that's it. No more time to make the right decisions to turn to God. Listen, humanity has this big problem, and certainly we as Christians are, are included in this number, of putting things off, putting the decisions off that you know 
you should make right now. And of course, that that involves certainly spiritual things and involves a great deal of life. Putting off the things that you know you have to do so that you can do what you want to do. That's flawed thinking at the very least. But listen, there are there is a vast portion of humanity. Uh, and of that number, there are an innumerable number of people that know they need to deal with God, know they need to deal with God about sin, know they need to deal with God about eternity, and they're not as though they had infinite amount of time to do so. And of course, that's not a malady restricted to the young. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this passage, as it says, there should be time no longer. That day is coming. And it says the mystery of God should be finished right now. We walk by God's will by faith. We read the word of God and you believe it. God says this thing is so you believe it's so. If you say if God says this thing is wrong, you believe it's wrong. If this uh, God says this thing is right, you believe God that it's right. And you walk in his ways. It's not overly complicated. But the problem is with mankind, and we're going to get to this, <laughs> is he has something wrong in his heart. And that is the core of the matter. There's something fundamentally broken on the inside. And we are all, you, don't, you know, there's so much of the time, and I've thought, thought about many times about how when we used to go on visitation, uh, you know, there's this effort to sort of convey to the person that there is a sin problem. And so there's, you know, different ways I've heard it done where, you know, have you ever told a lie? And really, everybody has, <laughs> you know, so much of us are lying so much of the time. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, but anyway, just that trying to convey there is sin and it is a problem and it's separate. The truth is, is you never had to do something special to be a sinner. All of us were born already broken, already separated from God. And that that problem, that gulf cannot be crossed over by man. God had to come from his side over to us. And he did. Glory to God. He did. The Lord Jesus came and he became a man and he walked on earth and he gave his life as sacrifice to save men from their sins. Again, it's an it's another message that's not complicated. And of course, man in religion has complicated things far more than he needed to. Hey, Brother Patrick. Hey, brother. And so uh, th there is a time in which there will be time no longer. That day is coming. And so truly man, again, letter A is truly man does not want to come to the place where there is no time left, but for God's judgment. Listen, that's that's the whole message behind the thought of the phrase, the fear of God. Understanding, <laughs> you know, it's not just about me and society and me doing things that will make me unpopular in society. And that's why I shouldn't kill people. Listen, that's the worst way to think. Because anyway, the point is, is man should fear God. Because God sees all. There's never a point at which he doesn't see. He knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Bible says that about the word of God. And so the point is, is that man needs to fear God and, and walk with him. And so um, uh, so that thought about time no longer. I have this note underneath that. God is telling the world what is coming. This is not being kept in the dark. God is telling the world what is coming. And it's coming far sooner than anybody could possibly imagine. Even if it's not, even if it's not the Lord Jesus appearing in the sky, listen, all of our lives are going to be wrapped up far sooner than anybody can imagine. And then 
man will face God. <laughs> Got some great verses I'm going to share with you about that in a minute. So God is telling the world what is coming and how to prepare for it. In Revelation 19, I want you guys to see this. Revelation chapter 19. I was just thinking about this last night when I was studying. In verse chapter 19, verse 10. And so this is this is John. And uh, and he says, so he's being given the message by by the angel and says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy and thy and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Isn't that amazing? Let me read it again. <laughs> worship God. This last part of uh, verse verse 10. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy to have Christ as your savior. You get it all. You get salvation. Glory to God. Can I get an amen there? (laughs) You get salvation. You get forgiveness of sins. You come into a relationship with God. You are born again into his family. We get all of those things and so much more than any of you and I could ever quantify with words what it is to receive Christ. But listen, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And listen, the Holy Spirit that you get upon receiving Christ as your savior is the key to unlocking mysteries. And the Bible talks about this in Romans, how the mysteries have been kept secret from the foundations of the earth are being revealed to us. Now, obviously, that does not mean the day you get saved, they're all open to you. (laughs) We're all of us as disciples of Christ receiving from him blessings, learning, growth through the Holy Spirit, through the reading of his word, through walking with God. We're receiving those. We're growing. The Bible says in Romans from faith to faith, you are growing from one level of faith. Lord, Lord, helping us to the next level of faith. So we're not we don't get it all the day that I got saved, but we are being revealed those things. And the person who is seeking them, they're the ones who are going to get them. If you don't want them, you're not going to get them. <laughs> so the child of God, people who are born again, not all of us are are receiving again blessing after blessing after blessing, uh, and that's often uh, awful. Often, sometimes, why we receive trials and tribulations because God's trying to bring us back to a, a close relationship with Him. But the bottom line that we're getting at is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and mysteries. Guidance, leadership, the Holy Spirit keeping you from this thing over here and leading you this way. And then there's the the when when we who cannot see the future fret or worry, the Holy Spirit is here to tell us God has the future. God sees it all, has already seen it all. He is outside of time. He knows and has recorded for us the way things end. And so our place is to put all of our trust in Jesus Christ and not worry, not fret. And I, I'm being a hypocrite because <laughs> I fret, I worry, <laughs> I'm anxious. And right now I feel a little jittery all the time because all this work at work, I just I, it's on my mind. And so anyway, the point is, is that we are to offload onto the Lord Jesus's shoulders everything in life. There's nothing that you're not supposed to do that. There's nothing that is too small. There's nothing that's too large. There's not too much. (laughs) God says, put it all in his hands. And listen, when we do that, and and, and again, I I think that we, I know I am guilty of sometimes 
taking something to God, man, I mean it. I, I am bringing it to God. I am laying it at his feet. But I often, before I say amen, I pick it back up and I go right on worrying about it some more. <laughs> we are meant to lay it in his hands and trust him. That's the difference. Someone who can trust God is the one who doesn't have to worry about it. And listen, God has it all. There has not been a, a man with a situation that God was not up to the task. He's up to it all. And listen, our, our place is to, and there's a verse in Romans, I think it's Romans 4, God talking about Abraham, how he gave great glory to God by his faith in him. <laughs> you and I can give glory to God by having faith in him. You know, you, people put faith in all kinds of things that are not worthy of it. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't go to doctors or take medicine, but man, put your trust in, in God first. <laughs> Listen, every person, every doctor that prescribes medicine, he's not always right. <laughs> Listen, I'm pretty convinced that I lost most of my hair <laughs> from a Suvastatin, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't. What's that? That's what I take. <laughs> but man, sister, maybe that wasn't that. Maybe it's that and metropolol and uh, who knows what else I'm on. The, the, the uh, eloquence. I didn't mean to scare you. It was Mary. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is, is I mean, you know, they, they prescribe these things like candy. And I, I just don't trust them no more. I don't trust them. I, as far as I can pick them up and throw them, I don't trust them. My mother used to say that. <laughs> I think she was right, Brother Albie. Doctors, lawyers, they don't have a business. They have a practice. <laughs> and they're practicing on me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's why we go to the VA now. You know, I, I feel better about the VA. Because they, they ain't making no money by prescribing me stuff. They're getting paid the same whether I take it or not. <laughs> At least I think. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I already paid. I already paid. <laughs> yeah, brother. There was this lady who kind of turned into natural medicine. She's a doctor. Uh -huh. And they, she got calls from not only the insurance company, but the hospital and the pharmaceutical company asking her why they weren't sending people or filling prescriptions, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and I think she finally lost her license. I, I don't doubt that a bit. They attacked her and basically yeah. she went to another country. Well, just in the past two years, you know, just from doctors not fully wholeheartedly recommending the vaccine to everybody, right. that could make you lose your license. Really, Albie? <laughs> well, Yeah. You see them on buses and trains mm -hmm. and every place. I said, 
they don't have a TV or a radio. <laughs> well, you know, again, I think you're better off maybe having a little distrust of the government than trusting them too much. Because, uh, you know, the thing is, they've two years now and they've, you know, at the beginning, they said person, people get vaccinated. You'll never catch COVID. You can't you can't pass it on. And we now we now know that's just not true at all. You can catch it and you can pass it on. And, you know, and all this ostracizing of the unvaccinated, you know, they're worse than the plague. They're worse than the black plague to have an unvaccinated person around you. You know, they, they could kill you. <laughs> you know, that's all wrong. You know, and, 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 and Lord forbid, has the government repented? No, they have not. Uh, uh, yes, yes. And so anyway, uh, how did we get off here? This, this is your fault. All of you. <laughs> Real quick, brother. The first thing you said about basically it would do this and do that. This, I remember what it said, but this guy went through four things they said would happen. They kept changing the goalposts. Mm, yeah, and, and they have done that. Right. They have done that. Absolutely. Well, it'll do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, um, uh, God is telling the world. That's what, we, where, what we've been on. God is telling the world what is coming and how to prepare for it. And the best way that any person can prepare for this life and most importantly for the one to come is to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. Trust him uh, uh, and, and, and walk in his ways. And uh, listen, doesn't mean you'll have an easy life. God never promised an easy life. But to have Christ and to walk with him in his ways is the way to make it through the minefield and, you know, and trusting in him and he will take us home when it's all over and we will be with him for all of eternity. And there's nothing better than that. So we can have that peace of heaven now by having Christ and walking with him in this life. And it's it's and, and growing in the Lord Jesus and becoming more like him. That is the answer to to walking in this life and and. Partaking of the world and all of its not just drawbacks. Listen, the world can offer you nothing but heartache and pain and destruction and sickness and sin. You cannot find good things in the world. You can find good things in God and walking in his ways. And so let her be man's time to reckon with God is far from infinite. So Second Corinthians six two. it's here in your notes. For he has said, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation I, have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Over and over and over you see this, this, this being addressed in the scriptures. It's not time later. It's not time to, uh, to procrastinate later on. God says now, 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 now is the time to deal with God. Now is the time to uh, to fear him and walk in his ways. Yes. This verse related to what you've been saying earlier. Okay. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Amen. Nor ga- garner, oh no, gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Right. Are you not much better than they? Amen. And that's that's exactly the point. You know, robins and 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 sparrows and. Animals, they do not have to have those things. The Bible is very clear. The Bible talks about lions and ravens being fed by God. God takes care of his creation. And so our place as, as, you know, very clearly mankind is a centerpiece of God's creation. So God's centerpiece should be centered on him. (laughs) And instead, man is the, 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 the biggest problem on planet Earth today. And so I have this note underneath that, that it is a fool's game 
to delay dealing with God, especially regarding salvation. And so letter number two here at the bottom of page six, God seeks for man to fear him, respond to him. But the day will come when God calls man to judgment. So page seven. Uh, uh. <laughs> OK, page seven. So some some thoughts about that. God seeks for man to fear him, respond to him. But the day will come when God calls man to judgment. So Amos chapter four. Amos chapter four and verse eleven. It's an extraordinary passage. So God says, I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet ye have not returned. Have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Verse 12. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains and createth the wind and declareth unto man what is his thought. That maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. So I hope you caught all that. So let me just read it one more time. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Sodom and Gomorrah was very much meant to be a warning to all of humanity. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Listen, those are sobering words. <laughs> prepare to meet thy God. And listen, any person on earth who doesn't think he needs to be concerned <laughs> about meeting God does not understand the equation. Because man is a mess. Man is a sinful creature. God is a holy God. And thank God, I, I, I cannot thank God enough that the Bible says all of my sins, all of them, from birth till death, all of them were placed on the person of Jesus Christ. And the Bible is very clear that he suffered in my place instead of me. My sins were placed upon him and I will not face judgment for my sins because Christ is my savior. But listen, I have my life and my choices that I am making on a daily basis, and I am his son. So any person that doesn't believe they need to be concerned about facing God, and specifically it's true in this life, it's also true for eternity. Now, again, I'm not going to be facing judgment for my sins, but I, I am concerned. About my life's work being put, the Bible talks about this in Corinthians, that our works, our life's works will be judged. I will not be judged for my sins. But what was my life? Did I live for God or did I live for myself? The Bible says it'll either be that, that my life's work, that structure, will either be wood, hay, and stubble. Or it will be gold, silver, and precious stones. Those things, gold, silver, and precious stones, can survive fire. Wood, hay, and stubble cannot survive fire. And so the Bible is clear that God is going to set fire to that work. That whatever my life represented, the choices that I made. And so again, we're not talking about eternal judgment as in heaven or hell. It's as in, will there be reward for the choices I made in my life since I was saved? And so every human being is going, needs to be concerned about standing before God. Thank God for being forgiven and thank God for being saved. But I do not want to stand before his throne 
and have lived a selfish, sinful life. There's so many people that like to distill Christians down to, oh, well, you believe that uh, you can that once you're saved, you're always saved and and, and, and you can't lose it. <laughs> yes, I do believe that. <laughs> However, it's not as though that is without consequence. The people who, who think that they can accept accept Christ as their savior and get a fire fire insurance kind of deal. That's not the situation. The Bible says the Lord Jesus said, whomsoever shall fall upon this rock shall be broken upon whomsoever it shall fall. It shall grind him to powder. You ask the thief that was crucified next to the Lord Jesus if he was getting a just in case kind of situation by believing in Jesus Christ. He knew his scenario. He knew what he was facing. And it's good for every man to have a a good understanding (laughs) that he needs God. And he needs God to forgive him and cleanse him and to make him clean in his eyes. Only Jesus Christ can accomplish that. And so, again, that verse is, Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And so Hebrews chapter uh, 3, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, that, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest, in, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, Paul is speaking to believers in this passage. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. So now in verse 16, he's referring back to Israel. And uh, and so it says in verse 16, for some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And so there's a lot of warnings here about about the deceitfulness of sin and this life. And so very clearly from salvation. To your daily walk, it is of paramount importance that you hold on to God and cling to him with all of your all of your might. Listen, that is the key to life. That's the key to going through it and not having a a great deal of unnecessary hardship. Again, life's going to be hard enough as it is, but we need him. We desperately need the Lord at every second of the day. And there's never a moment we don't need him. And so then we uh, so I have this note about this, that the example of Israel and their hardness of heart is sobering. And again, I've, I've said this many times, I believe Israel is is at, at times the extreme of humanity. They're the first to respond in this way and they're the first to respond in this way. And you also see the extremes of like David and Abraham and Moses men and Daniel. So many men that were just so faithful and so in love with God and so devoted to him. And so to, in my idea or in my, my perception, Israel is the extremes of humanity. And so they are a good example to the entire world that you don't want to be the people who turn away in unbelief. You don't want to be the people that came out of Egypt, but their heart is still back there in Egypt. 
Listen, that's a problem for humanity when when God offers forgiveness of sins, rescuing from 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 uh, from the, the torture of sin in its presence in your life. And man says, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I'll stay in sin. And people don't say those words out of their mouths, but that is the tenor of their lives. There are again, there are people that know they need Jesus to save them from their sins, but they stay in sin. Listen, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. And so the example of Israel and their hardness of heart is sobering. So look with me in Hebrews four, verse 12, continuing on. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It's again, a powerfully sobering passage. Let us therefore fear, lest a a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the word of God, which conveys the truth that Jesus saves from sins, that God is able to, to, to take us to himself and to make all things new. But the, the Bible says that it's got to be mixed with faith. Because God, having done the work of salvation, it doesn't, or done the work of redemption, it does not mean that all people everywhere are automatically saved. The, the, it is incumbent upon mankind to believe it. To receive it as what it is. Good news. And so that's what changes a person <laughs> when, when a man understands that, that the salvation that is offered is like water to a, a man dying of thirst. And when man receives it just as fire insurance, well, you got to wonder if they if they if they really understood what they were doing, because a person who has a, a, an understanding by, by, by the Holy Spirit leading them to this place, they fall on Christ broken and they receive him as their savior. And so um, man must respond to God while God gives him. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I read a little bit. ahead. So Luke chapter 12, verse uh, 16. If you'd like to turn there with me, Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And so this is Lord Jesus speaking a parable. It says uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room to where, where to bestow my, my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I, uh, will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And so uh, my note about this, this that man must respond to God while God gives him opportunity. And so this man who was again, he had what everybody in this world thinks everybody wants. Every the things that people desire, you know, that's not where that's not where you will find satisfaction. That's not where you will find the blessings that we need. It's through God and through God alone. Man must respond to God while God gives him opportunity. And so in addition to that, the child of God must serve him in this life while God gives us opportunity. It's a very important thing that we 
not think that, okay, those, those poor desperate sinners, they're not thinking the way they should be. <laughs> but the truth is, is we also have this problem with the miasma of, of the world tugging away and pulling on us. When Romans chapter 13, verse 11, I'd like you to see this. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time that is that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, we would love to think all of us, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> would love to think that it's just not possible for a child of God to live a carnal life. And that's just not true. We can live a carnal life. Even even if you start off wanting to live for God, wanting listen, Satan is in in the world actively pulling, trying to pull Christians away from God. He's trying to deceive the world that they never come to God. And so, listen, it's very important for us to recognize that the only things that are important in life is God and him and us clinging closely to him. And so uh, now is our salvation nearer than when we believed eternity and our walk with God. These are the things that are important in life. Everything else is just periphery. It's, it's, and, and unfortunately, so many Christians, we get it reversed. We put the things of the world front and center. And we, we just let God have just some periphery little, little nugget here and there. And it's exact reverse of what it should be. God should be at the center of our lives. And God should be the focus. And we should every day ask God to help us to walk with him. And so the, what he mentions here is the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to, to fulfill the lust thereof. And by the way, I think that a great deal of how this begins is saying, Lord, I want to be the person you want me to be. And just going to him saying, I cannot be obedient to you. I can't live like this. You are, I need you to do it in me. I need you to help me to crucify the old man. Because listen, if, if the old man does not get crucified, he gets in the way all day long, every day. And only God can, can, can do the work of putting down the old man and putting on the new man, as Paul says in Ephesians. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way we need to start out every day. God helping us. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So we're at a good stopping point. <laughs> we'll have to stop right here. Any thoughts, questions, complaints? <laughs> Pastor? <laughs> I thought he was serious. <laughs> Brother? A little bit unrelated to the scripture, but I didn't know this before. But apparently, when the, they went over and they brought slaves to the U.S., uh-huh. they didn't go in and like try to cap, make make them captive. They bought them from black folks. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So basically, what this what this person was making the point is, it wasn't. It has nothing to do with your skin color. It has to do with the fact that you were vulnerable. Right. And they so they took advantage of their own. Basically, and then sold them out. Mm-hmm. Same thing with guns. 
if they take our guns away, well, will we be vulnerable? <laughs> yeah, we can become. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think there's a there's there's a group of people out there that want to disarm us. <laughs> right. I think the idea that it's about the color of the skin is like the devil's devil a, a devil's way of taking us off the scent. Yeah, it's, it's about vulnerability. It's not about their skin color. Well, you know, a great deal. You know, the the Lord obviously is the defense, but the mindset is just common sense. You know, uh, this, this, what, what was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there's a guy in a mall and started shooting people. And there was a young man there, 22 year old man, 22 year old man who had a gun and shot him. <laughs> and it was, a, it was supposed to be a gun free zone. <laughs> I bet the people that survived were pretty glad that he brought his gun into the mall. And the police thanked him. The police publicly called him a hero. The point is, is that these 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 inane things that they say is for our good, you know, and, and, and these there's these people, they they think don't let a crisis go to waste. You know, why, why let a crisis go to race waste when we could take all their guns from them, when we could impress upon them all these stupid, ridiculous rules. Uh, so, I mean, listen, the, our place is to, to trust in God and walk with him and uh, to fight for our freedoms and our our, our rights. Brother Albie. Yeah. <laughs> well, they teach their version. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but they, but now they teach revisionist history. Now they teach what an evil place America has always been. When the Lord Jesus comes back, you know, and we're going to get more into this next week. But uh, when the Lord Jesus comes back, there will be no political parties. There won't be anything like that. You know, it'll be the Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will rule. The Bible says with, with an, a rod of iron. <laughs> and he will. It will be the first righteous rulership that that this world has ever, ever seen. And listen, I I can't wait for him to come back. I can't wait for him to be the king that this world has always needed. And, you know, the thing is, is there will still be human beings, un, un, unglorified human beings on earth. And they're going to that's that's how you get to the end of Revelation or the thousand year reign. And uh, and there is an army you know, like the sand of the seashore, seashore that Satan raises to go fight against fight against God, because there's still a group of people that, that, that uh, went walked out from the tribulation period and they will have children. And they will have children over and over and over. And there are even among the only righteous ruler that this world has ever had. They will still rebel against God because that's what you have with human nature. <laughs> you know, human nature apparently is easy to be deceived. Again, it's another reason why we must cling closely to God and why we must pray and seek his face and why we must read his word. And the Holy Spirit can convict us and guide us and, and comfort us and lead us. And again, the problem is, and, and now I'm speaking specifically about Christians, is when they are not concerned. I'll just wake up and go to work and watch TV and, <laughs> and uh, hang out with my bros and, you know, unconcerned. And 
about God and, and his will being done. When in truth, that's what matters entirely. And the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the matters of life, <laughs> all of them from the smallest to the greatest of things, all of them. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things <laughs> are taken care of by him. His our place is just to follow him, be his disciple, walk with him every day and not listen to the world while it lies to us. <laughs> when when the world says up is down, then we don't believe him. <laughs> when the world says left is right, we don't believe them. When the world says two plus two is five, <laughs> we don't believe them. We trust in God and walk in his ways. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> uh, let's, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. We do thank you for who you are and that you are able, Lord, uh, to guide us. You are able to, to lead us in this life. We pray that you give us grace, Lord, to understand day by day that all of our hope and comfort and peace and blessings are found in you and in no other place. Pray that you please give us grace to hold on to you and walk with you to tomorrow and, and the rest of this day. And we thank you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.